Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the program, The Big Wrap, brought to you by Herald Group Security Solutions and the Hemp House. I'll tell you more. They say that's why they play the games, but Caleb Calhoun, this is why they wouldn't play the games, because basically this game played out exactly like everyone would have thought. I tried to be the naysayer and thought that Tennessee would hang tight and play really well in this game because of what happened the week before in Missouri. 38-10, Brock Bowers makes a play. Carson Beck continues to improve. If you took the easy way out, that was the the easy narrative for this game, and that's the one that played out. Your thoughts on the game? We'll go to our message board. Please hit that like and subscribe button as we've got a lot to get to after Tennessee loses to Georgia 38-10. Caleb? Well, Dave, it's – I'm going to defend you a little bit because I I really don't think you would have made that pick if you knew that Wesley Walker was going to be out, that Tennessee was going to be down both tackles, that they were that they were going to be starting a walk on at linebacker, and I and, and Will Brooks and no disrespect, but they haven't figured out that linebacker situation all year. I'm pretty sure if you saw all that before the game, you would have said, "Yep, yeah, I'm, I'm retracting everything I said about about it being close." There was no way Tennessee had a chance to guard because if you notice, Lad McConkey didn't even go off in this game. It was every other receiver for Georgia that your safeties and your nickel and your linebackers, including Tamarian McDonald being out, would typically cover. And that was the issue on defense in this game in particular. We'll get to offense, but given how depleted Tennessee is at linebacker in, in, in the secondary, I don't know what anybody expected they could have been able to do. I didn't even see that coming. Now, p- people are saying uh, Caleb's excuses. I don't think Caleb's making excuses. Those are facts. And I think the facts are, uh, to further your point, I mean, Caleb's a realist. There are not guys that can instantly step in for Tennessee when a Kamal Haddon goes down. Or you want to mention a Wesley Walker is not available. At Georgia, you have that. And Tennessee's roster is nowhere close to that point. Brock Bowers went out for, what, a couple of games? He was banged up for a while. Georgia kept rolling along, and he's probably one of the top five best players in the nation, regardless of position. That's where these programs are. Is it troublesome or worrisome for Tennessee fans, Caleb, that that's where these two programs are at the end of Josh Heupel's third season? Okay, so we're... We're getting we're getting down that road at some point where it's fair to be concerned. Am I wrong? No, you have a point. I want to address too for those who say I'm making excuses, guys. I picked Georgia to cover, so I predicted a Georgia blowout this weekend before I knew all the injuries. I don't know where y'all are coming from that I'm making excuses. I thought Georgia was going to blow them out anyway. I just said the flow of the game, the way it happened, made it more obvious. Um, as far I think, 
okay, elephant in the room here. Um, Tennessee Hendon Hooker last year masked a lot of problems facing that that, were, that this team had in terms of depth. Let's just call it what it is. Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt masked so many issues with this team and with this program from when Josh Heupel took over. I said from the start of the year, Heupel's issues evaluating talent, they they seem like problems and they continue to seem like problems. Now, for those who question why Nika wasn't in the game, I we found out at the end, my guess is they are trying to save that red shirt on him. You don't burn, and even though I don't think it'll matter, you still, for whatever reason, just in case, don't burn a red shirt just for a meaningless last drive against Georgia. You don't do that when it's 38 to 10. Well, I mean, that's going to come but, up next week against Vanderbilt. You know how I feel about he should have played. If he's around for five years, you've got a you've got an issue. On the message board, uh, third season after half the team transferred, and then third season not competing. So that's kind of the two um, narratives we're hearing from the message board right now. Yes, half, this, half the team did transfer. Yes, I think we wanted to say that Transfer portal will take care of that. NIL will take care of that. But Caleb, as you look at the best programs in the nation, and I would say they're what? Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Georgia. They're not yeah. ones that have relied on the transfer portal. Those are guys that have sat a while and are ready to play. No better example than Carson Beck, who's behind Stetson Bennett for so long. And that guy right now, if I had to write down leaders for the Heisman Trophy, in 2024 he tops my list i mean we both saw him play today and that was incredible he was so deadly accurate he steps into every throw i think again i think part of this is george is just loaded one of the one of the and i'm going to write this a little later dave the the, the turning point of the game was the second drive um do you remember so it's seven to three it's a third and two and they and Heibel does one of his long run screens to squirrel white squirrel white has space for his first down did you see how quickly georgia closed in on him on that play though I and I, I just think that's that's the near that's the story of the game there was another screen to dylan sampson that probably could have gone for about 30 yards but squirrel white couldn't hold a block on tyke smith and you watch those plays and you think georgia's just that much better they're that much more loaded there was very little tennessee could do you could question the hypo situation but again We've talked, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. This is people want to call it excuses. I'm still going to double down on it. Fine, it's excuses. This isn't an excuse or anything. It's a fact. Tennessee was already not on Georgia's level. They were already not on Georgia's level talent-wise, and they always were going to need luck of some sort to try to beat Georgia. Well, that luck goes off the window on the other side when you're I already brought up the decimation of injuries on defense, but on offense, when four of your offensive linemen are out and you lost your two receivers, your two wideouts who can dictate coverage. And so you don't have either of them right now and yes at the end of the day you have a quarterback who has a very low ceiling you have a quarterback that it limits what you can do right now i think that's the frustrating part and i wrote about that on off the it should be up any moment um that here is georgia and i understand them one to 85 having a significant um advantage in talent caleb than tennessee because there was a big roster roster transfer transfer and turnover a lot of your transfers, easy for me to say, a lot of your transfers, Caleb, you know, they hit 50-50 on them. So I get that. You know, maybe Dante Thornton is an impact player in 24. I see, it, the roster transfer is going to take longer than we thought. We all looked at the transfer portal and said, oh, it's no problem. But they've got a while to go. They've got a ways to go. And I think if I'm a Tennessee fan out there sitting there watching that, 
I'm like, well, how in the world is Josh Heupel one of these supposed quarterback gurus? We've called him the next Steve Spurrier in some cases. And how in the world does he not have a quarterback developed in his system? I'm talking big picture, not Nico or not, not Joe or not, not Hendon coming back for a magical another year of eligibility. I'm just talking about how at the end of year three do you not have a quarterback in this type of system that is good to go? Because Josh Heupel was always in on Joe Milton because Josh Heupel misevaluated talent and will never bring himself to admit that he missed on Joe Milton. I mean, even whatever you think of Milton, Milton was not, at the very least, Milton was the worst quarterback for Josh Heupel's system. And Josh Heupel cannot bring himself to admit that because he's got that level of arrogance. And so, I mean, again, the mistake happened in the summer of 2021 when Tennessee had Hendon Hooker, Kadon Salter, Harrison Bailey, and Brian Maurer, and Josh Heupel made the decision to go sign Joe Milton out of Michigan, even though Taven Jackson, too, was committing for the next year. Um, yep. By the way, so that was that 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 the, the mistake happened then, and he every other quarterback that I just mentioned either graduated or transferred out, and he, because because he was trying to clear the field for Milton because they knew what was happening. Uh, be sure and hit the like button or subscribe. Pardon me, I got a little choked up there. Brought to you the big rap brought to you by Harold Group Security Solutions. So the fact that Tennessee lost significantly to Georgia isn't. The main cause for concern, I'm going to tell you the main cause for concern, main cause, cause for concern nowadays at your workplace or your children's school uh, can be the terrible tragedies that have marred our past leadership experience specialization. That's Harold Group Security Solutions. Go to your private school administrator where your kids go or your public and say Harold Group Security Solutions, reach out to them or your workplace. Uh, they will absolutely make sure that you're taking care of the former service member that are highly trained. So um, I, I think the thing that is troublesome for a lot of Tennessee fans is that this quarterback position is so unexplainable. And again, I want to encourage everybody, throw it in there. If, if you're just tuning the channel into the channel, hit the like and subscribe button. A lot of people may not know where I stand. Caleb, people go in and out. I thought that uh, Nico should have been given a greater opportunity from the get. And I thought Joe Milton, there was a glass ceiling. We recently reported that uh, Nico has gained 20 pounds. So let's put him somewhere in the 215-ish pound range. You talk about red shirt and all that. But at the end of the day, this is 2023. If, if Nico is still playing ball, then NIL has really jumped in 2028. NIL has really, really jumped or Tennessee's got a problem and probably a new coach because I don't see this guy ever taking a red shirt and playing five years at Tennessee. That is the most ludicrous, crazy thing I've ever heard. And I've also heard a rumor, a rumor, not a report. I want to be really clear. A rumor that part of this is Nico's parents didn't want him to play. I have no idea if that's true. It's something I'll dig into next week. But if they don't, um, you know, who complained him? He is a little light. I would want to go out there and compete, and I would tell my parents to take a step back. But not everybody's the same way, Caleb. Well, and it's also – I think that's a play it safe. Think about this if you're a quarterback, Dave. Yeah, you if you if you have to save your – you know, use that fifth year of eligibility, there's problems. But if you're a player, wouldn't you like the option of that fifth year of eligibility just in case? You know what I mean? Wouldn't you like that extra year? I mean, uh, just in case something day. happens. Like, don't you think – okay, for instance, for instance – don't you think Hendon Hooker is glad he had that extra year of eligibility last year? 
Yeah, but he's not that dude. Like, I mean, when when Casey Clawson or Eric Ainge stepped on campus, you didn't even think about an extra year of eligibility. You knew those guys were going to play. If I mean, you yes, know, but it, we know that Peyton Manning wanted to redshirt, and the only reason he didn't is because Jerry Colquitt went down. Like he picked Tennessee because true. he wanted to redshirt for a year. That's true. I would be really troubled, though. Again, that's a rumor, not a report. I would be really troubled if his parents didn't want him to play and if he didn't want to play. Uh, that would uh, th- that would be very, very strange. Uh, Odd Spot says, Dave, stop saying I have inside sources like it will decide the game. I'm not sure what that means. Um, I have no inside sources about Nico's parents. I don't. That was something that uh, I know got a life on message boards. I wouldn't think they'd be like that. I would think they'd want him to go in there and play. But by the same token, maybe they they look at it and they go, he's still pretty thin. And this offensive line without Cooper Mays, especially early in the season, is is struggling. And then I see Paul say, wasted season, no Nika. What does a wasted season mean? Okay, guys, just so you know, I don't know if people know this because we keep calling Josh Heupel Steve Spurrier. Hey, Dave, you want to know what Steve Spurrier's record was his third year? I know. Go ahead. It was nine and four. Yeah. He he lost to Tennessee 31 to 14 where Dave got to see, see a bunch of women in see-through t-shirts that day because of the rain. Hey, um, hey. I'm sorry. It's a good day. Welcome to college. <laughs> he lost to Mississippi State 30 to 6. He lost to Florida State 45 to 24. Yeah, that was Steve Spurrier's third year at Florida, guys. The, you know, the legendary coach that dominated the 90s. So, Heupel at worst is going to finish eight and four in this regular season. We don't know what's going to happen in the bowl game, but so I'm sorry. I just think that again, we went into this season thinking that Tennessee was, I said from the start, I said in January of this year, this is a transition year. This is a Clemson 2014 year waiting for Deshaun Watson to take over. That's exactly what it's been. It was a Clemson 2014 year where you're, it was a, it was a down year from the year before you weren't going to match what happened with Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt. Sorry you didn't do that. Sorry you weren't able to do that again with a, 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 a the Bolitnikoff Award winner at receiver, a better receiver, both going to the NFL, your quarterback going to the NFL, and then getting hit with injuries. I'm sorry. This is kind of – I I got to be I gotta be honest. I don't see the issue with going eight and four this season, knowing that you have Nico next year. Um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put this on our YouTube channel. So this is going to pop up here in just a second. I want you all to vote on this. So I'm going to say, how confident are you, Josh Heupel, can win a championship at UT? I've got very confident, somewhat confident. Um, let's go. Uh, no confidence. Is that, are those our three options? Is that what the, the way you want to roll on this? Yeah, very somewhat not. And I, I'll give you my vote right now. I'm I'm very. Okay. I will give you my vote. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm somewhat. Um, I've still got questions about the talent evaluation like you, you mentioned. And to me, that's the engine that drives the sports car at the end of the day. That's what makes Saban special. That's what made, uh, makes uh, Kirby special. That's what made Philip Fulmer special. One after the other. It's why Lou Holtz left Notre Dame because they were going to let Brandy Moss in. He's like, that guy's special. I think that's the engine that drives most coaches. If you can't evaluate talent, that's a very fundamental issue that I would have serious concern about. By the way, the Hemp House, go to a Hemp House chat with two T's, Hemp House chat with two T's. Use the promo code HOOK to get 10% off, promo code HOOK to get 10% off. 
any purchase there. And they do have the Big Orange Crunch as well. Again, that's the finest Delta 9 and CBD products that you can get in Pouch Chat with 2Ts.com. So you're still very confident. I'm interested to see what the message board does so far. Very, very early. Yeah, and I'm going to... I, Dave, I'm just going to be honest. Talent evaluation actually doesn't bother me long term because I think if you get okay, the right. I'm, okay, I'm intrigued because that surprised me you would say that. Because honestly, I think once you get to a certain level when you're recruiting well, you have your pick of the litter and it's not hard to evaluate those best players. It's not hard to evaluate those five stars at this level. It's not. And so I think once, and I think Hypo will get Tennessee to that level. The way to get there is with a generational quarterback to help you win games and overcome your deficiencies on talent. Well, guess what we all think he's going to have next year? A generational quarterback that helps you overcome your deficiencies. Because the rest of the stats, I mean, I'm sorry, Dave. You're not going to convince me that Kirby Smart has some keen eye for talent. I found this guy for Georgia. Nobody else wanted. No, Georgia's getting players that everybody else in the world wanted. I don't think Kirby Smart has to use his little extra eye. And we know Fulmer misevaluated a lot of talent the second half of his career. When he no, the smart's, the smarts in the savings of the world usually pick up one or two, three stars a year that end up being something where they saw something that nobody else did. But usually it's a local guy. I agree. You're mostly battling for the same elite top, what, 150 guys across the board. So you're putting an awful lot on Nico. What you're saying right now is Nico next year is Mike Vick, is Vince Young. That type oh, of, that type of transcendent player that takes a program from just get moving along, being respectable, and Texas and Virginia Tech were. Tennessee is a very respectable program, which they weren't three years ago. But you're talking about Nico taking them from that to knocking on the door at least to, for a championship. So let me ask you the tough, tough question. What if for some reason he doesn't pan out, he's homesick and he moves back to Cal? Then where are you? Then I think – I think Josh Heibel's in trouble. I think because honestly, I don't think I, I, I've evaluated Merklinger. I've evaluated Nico. I don't think Merklinger is the guy that can actually run Heibel's system the way, like in a transcendent way, the way Nico can. I think Nico is a special, special player who fell out of the sky into Josh Heibel's lap. And if it does, it, it, if it doesn't work out, then yeah, he will. Then we'll go somewhat confident because he'll be kind of like knocking on the door and he'll be kind of stumbling through the middle of the road because Merklinger can't do it. Um, Hypo would have to go to the transfer portal route. And I will say that Hypo evaluating the transfer portal route has already been proven to be a failure because Hypo went after Joe Milton. That was the guy he wanted over every other quarterback on the Tennessee roster. And again, look, we're putting a lot on Joe. And I want to bring this up because a lot of people will say, well, these players got to make plays, receivers got to make plays. Well, that's all certainly true. But the point of Hypo's system is that the quarterback elevates the play of all those players. Isn't it, Dave? The whole point of Josh Hypo's offense is that even if you are deficient at receiver offensive line, the quarterback is going to be so good that he's going to out make up for all of that. And that has not been the case with Joe Milton this year. And that's where the knock is, is yeah, maybe he has thrown some nice balls at times and the receivers didn't come through, but Joe Milton's job is to make it as easy as possible on those receivers. Caleb, can I, uh, can I give you my ultimate takeaway from this, this football game? Sure. Um, here is a team that had the internal leadership to bounce back from one of the most embarrassing and hurtful losses in the SEC and in program history since 2001. After South Carolina, they beat a bad Vanderbilt team. 
after they lost to Georgia, they came back and won. After both losses this year, uh, what did they do? They came back and won until last week. That is my that would be my overriding concern if I were Josh Heupel driving home tonight. It would be, are my guys still on board? Are my are my guys done? Because if so. I know you could argue you want to play the young players, but you could have a mass exodus before the bowl game. They're going to beat Vanderbilt as long as they put their jerseys on the right way. But you could have a mass exodus, which doesn't look good, could hurt recruiting. I'm just saying, if I'm Josh Heupel, I'm driving my two hands on my steering wheel, I'm saying, man, I hope my I hope my guys are still on board. I, hope, I know I've got these certain group of leaders, but it's those guys kind of in the middle that I hope are still on board. Because if they're not, then it could leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth heading into – another year of recruiting. Well, if I were Josh Heupel, I never understand what people who make that type of money have their hands on the steering wheel. I would always hire a driver, but that's just me. But anyway, there's, there are all uh, kinds of things I could get done in car time. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, if I could never drive again, I'd be happy. I like texting Caleb. I think there's a 50, 50 chance. I have a wreck while texting Caleb, but, uh, but you see my point. I mean, no, yeah. When he lays his head down on the pillow, how about that? Well, so what I would say to you is that, I don't think this was a leadership quitting on the team this week. I think this was Georgia was just that much better. I think they were that level of better. I but remember Tennessee started, they scored a touchdown on the first play and then they held Georgia to field goal on the next drive. So it wasn't like they weren't playing hard. I just think that. Well, so let me ask you this then. And you, that's a fair, fair retort. So it might just be Georgia is a much better team. Let me ask you, Caleb, when you lay your head down, what is your number one concern about this football program, not into 2024, but over the course of the next 60 days? And by the way, the team that finished eight and four last year was South Carolina, and they went to the Gator Bowl. Uh, I'm really good at predicting bowls, so hopefully I can be ahead of the curve on you on that. Be sure and tune in to Off the Hook Sports each and every Tuesday, uh, each and every weekday. Uh, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Uh, Caleb, so what's your number one concern for the next 60 days? My only concern for Tennessee over the next 60 days is that they don't lay an egg against Vanderbilt, which and I don't think they will. I think the program, I'm breaking with everybody on this. I think the program is on rock solid ground because of Nico. And I know I'm putting a lot in Nico and y'all can call me crazy on that. But I, I, I think it's on rock solid ground. By the way, we're forgetting this, Dave. Mike Matthews is coming in next year at receiver. Dante Thornton is going to get healthy, and he was starting to peak at the right time. So the arsenal of weapons will be deeper next year. If, okay, I got one. I take that back. There's one giant concern, and it's the offensive line. And okay. what is going to happen with the offensive line? I'm actually not worried about the defensive line. Dave, tell me if I'm crazy. I thought, once again, the defensive line actually played fine in this game. Um, I thought they – I think they've got offensive line issues, and I think they've got linebacker issues that are pretty apparent. That, that's just it, – it goes again to my point. Arian Carter, I think, was getting ready to be a superstar before he gets hurt. At Georgia, you plug another Arian Carter in, and you just keep rolling right along. But Tennessee yeah. only has one of those special potential linebackers. And then they've got the veteran guy, who's pretty good, and they've got the Elijah Harry, who needs to play defensive end. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Click like and subscribe. Sunday, we will have both the ball report with Jacob Warren, the ball report with Cooper Mays and that Sunday show with Fred White brought to you by Harold group security solutions. Thank you so much. 
hit the like and subscribe button. Be sure you're on board because big stuff coming up all weekend. And we got basketball coverage. Ron Slay will join us. So we've got a lot going on headed through the rest of football season and uh, into the next year. So he's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.